poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. As always, this is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Coach Brad Wilson. And today is a post-Christmas Tuesday, which means I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Chai. John, how are we doing, sir? Yeah, got to make content for everybody stuck at the airport or stuck with their families. Yes. Sorry about the cold wave going through the nation and you your travel plans being ruined and falling apart. You should have had, you know, should have, should have just not had family that loves you so that you didn't have to travel and visit them for the holidays. And <laughs> you wouldn't yeah, like be us. having this problem. <laughs> yeah, like us. Ah. <laughs> uh, Problems of the people who are loved in the world. <laughs> um, well, anyways, blind versus blind. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, as yeah, let's let's move on to uh, the thing that we we love that we would travel to do, and that's um, talk poker strategy here on Tactical Tuesday today. What's the what's the theme of today? So the theme is is blind versus blind. Um, I got one hand where I'm in the big blind, one hand, one hand where I'm in the small blind. Both are single raised pots, so just probably one of the most commonly occurring spots in in a uh, six max cash. Um, both times, both hands, uh, like usual, I have at least one street where um, I'm sure unsure of what the best play is, and so yeah, we're gonna talk about that here. Yeah, I just realized that I had the replayer all the way at the end of the. That's hand. okay. Give him a. Yeah, you you can pause this video, watch it backwards. And see the action before we break it down on YouTube, if you if you're so inclined. Um, so blind versus blind, you ready to get this so show on the road? Got a reg in the small blinds. Uh, we're 100 big blinds effective. Um, no, no interesting stats uh, worth bringing up. I think he opens the thirty dollars. I'm in the big blind with king of hearts, ten of spades, um, flatting the thirty. Don't think there's much to talk about preflop. Flop is 10-3-3 with two clubs. Um, just a really, really good flop for my hand. Um, maybe we can talk about what we expect the small blind to do in, in this spot sure. before we even get to my action. Yeah, go for it. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of regs in the one 1K pool um, just do a lot of checking out of position as a pre-flop raiser. Um, I think it's just, you know, personally, I, I agree with that strategy. I think it's just one of the, uh, the easiest ways to manage your range. Um, I think like there's, I don't know if this is like the board type where I would expect it, but there's certainly, uh, there are certainly board types where like the small blind or the PFR, you know, starts out by betting and, and barreling the turn. I think um, those boards are generally the double Broadways, the ace king X boards that are um, uh, more advantageous for the preflop raiser in a single raise pot. Correct. Um, so yeah, not, not exactly sure what I'm going to face here. Wouldn't be surprised to see check if I saw check. Um, you know, I think it could very easily be a range check. I don't think it's, you know, indicative of like a weak or strong hand or anything like that. 
And if villain does start with check, how often do you think you would be check raised? How often do you think villain would be check calling? What's your expectation of villain's response? You know, if they do check and then you do bet. I think they would have I would expect villain to have like a healthy check raise range on um on ten three three two tone. I think the value check raises are pretty easy to see. It's just like very easy to check raise your three X and you know, really strong hands like pocket tens. Um there's no shortage of natural bluffs to pick from with just front door clubs. You could pick, you know, hand like four or five of hearts with uh with double back doors. Um, you know, I, I maybe even like another part of their, their value range could be over pairs. Um, so yeah, I I I wouldn't be surprised to get check race here, I guess is the is the short way of putting it. Yeah, I think uh maybe the bottom of their value range would be something like ace ten mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. king ten, something like that. Yep. Um I think those those two are probably at the bottom. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I think they could, you know, have a lot of backdoor hearts. They could have a lot of front door clubs. Yeah. They could just, there, there's a lot of hands that they could just naturally raise here. So, um, they do check on 10, three, three, two clubs. John has King 10. So top pair, second kicker, he goes ahead and bets half pot and villain obliges and check raises to one fourteen. John bet, uh, 28. They check raise to one fourteen, so got to be pretty happy about this. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It might seem a little strange at like first glance, but like like I said, this is a board where I expect to get check raise quite frequently. And when I have a strong hand like top pair second kicker, um, I'm that's that's definitely within the realm of getting excited about getting check raised. And your sizing choice here, half pot. Um. Generally going to be my my uh, stab size on the flop, blind versus blind. Um, I don't put too much thought into into sizing. Just trying to keep like a a simple strat like clear in my mind, and that that usually just starts with a half pot stab with both bluffs and and value hands like this. Yeah, I do wonder if you know you should be going with the bigger size on a board like this. I think mm-hmm. you know I think you have like a just with your exact hand, you've got like a bunch of options I, I think like small makes sense because i think they're going to check raise more often versus small and you've got a hand that like wants to be check raised at the mm-hmm. highest possible frequency which is mm-hmm. like good incentive to bet small you've got yep. um you know it's a board where you're probably not betting at a super high frequency um so when you do bet you you could also go big like i think yep. that that's another size that makes sense um but anyway you your choice of Half pot, I think, is also just totally, totally reasonable as well. Um, so you bet half, you get check raised. Feeling pretty good about the situation. Yeah. Um, or just a little like devil's advocate, or maybe like a uh, more of like an academic tangent. If we get, if we expect to get check raised here a lot, and we have a hand like king ten, how do we like start drawing the line of like, do we bet three bet? Um. Wow, yeah, that is that is a tangent. Okay, maybe um, we can we can shelve that because that's a <laughs> shelve, shelve that for now. I, I yeah. think like, or if you want to go over it real quickly, just I, I mean, I it, it's going to be in the it's going to have a lot to do with the equity distribution of like the hands that are check raising us and mm-hmm. where. Yeah, I I think you know we have to like carve out why we want to be bet three betting 
in spots like this. So I, I think that like, is it because villains over check raising? If they're over check raising, um, then, you know, you're essentially betting the flop with the expectation that you're going to bet three bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that in some situations where you get check raised on a board that would be more unexpected to get check raised on, but I guess that would be like a low frequency check raise spot that I think like mm-hmm. bet three betting with your value is probably pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I think it would just be like, essentially the more <laughs> it's, it's a funny question because the more often you expect to get check raised, the less incentive you have to bet, but you want to bet three bet on the boards where you're going to get check raised quite often. So there's like these competing yeah. incentives to like whether or not you should be choosing to bet. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, yeah, I think it's a situation where like you expect to get check raise a ton and you have a hand that has quite low equity. Um, so essentially you just challenge the bottom end of their check raising range on the flop um, would be kind of the, the situation. I, I, I know that probably sounds a little weird that like you would choose your hopeless hands to bet in the hopes that you can bet three bet, but those sort of bottom in hopeless hands are the kind of hands that you want to be bet three betting in spots like this. Right. Right. Um, all right. So villain check raises to one fourteen. you call there's two eighty eight in the pot. Uh, the board is 10, three, three. The turn is a four of spades. So non flush completer villain goes ahead and bets. Yeah. Two like thirds-ish. Yeah. Two thirds ish pot on the turn. They bet. We'll just round it up to 200. Um, into sure. 288. And again, I think, you know, they've just got plenty of backdoor hearts. They've got plenty of flush draws. They've got combo draws now on the turn. Ace, deuce, ace, five of clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, five, six of clubs. Five, seven. And they probably also have like, you know, ace, deuce, ace, five of hearts as well. That would make some sense here. Maybe some hands like uh, five, six of hearts or five, seven of hearts that decide to like check raise and then turn equity and keep going for it. Are there any value hands that the small blind starts shedding when he barrels turn for this size, at least in your mind. Probably, if they're going to be shedding some, it would most some likely check be like ace ten. Yep. I think. Yep. Um, Those like one pair ten x hands. Yeah, the one pair ten x hands. I think would be the most natural hands to. What about a hand like aces? Yeah, I think that one probably makes sense too. Um, it's a hand that like doesn't need any protection. Um, you know, they're like overcards don't threaten aces. So like jacks over like a queen, king or ace are obviously going to be problematic. So I think aces is is like the one that makes sense. And then ace 10 is another one that kind of makes sense here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. I'm with Um, you on that. But I would still expect like jacks, queens, kings to keep betting the turn. Yep. Yep. So you call there 675.5 in the pot. Mm -hmm. You've got six six two behind, so SPRs are on one. Good for villain. They <laughs> set it up pretty perfectly here for the jam. Oh. Uh, the river is the seven of clubs. So final board is tray tray ten, two clubs, four of spades, seven of clubs. So flush completer on the river, and villain goes ahead and checks with SPR one. Kind of a okay. So like. Even before he checked, when the seven of clubs hit the river, I sort of just like, ah, man, if he jams now, I probably just have to fold. Yeah, why is that sad? I don't know. I just, 
I what I wanted was the river to be a brick and he jams and I at least have a you know an excuse to call. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just you know like calling or whatever. But I, I was yeah. sad that like if he jams this river, I, I like I was likely gonna have to fold. That was my first thought, and then he checked. Um, and that's when, that's when you know, kind of like thoughts ideas started, started swirling. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the violent thoughts started yeah. coming uh, to you after they checked. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world if they jam on the club and you just fold, right? Like you yeah, have yeah, flushes, I know, I know. You, you have like probably boats in your range, you know, you, you've got a lot of hands that can call. And so you don't need to call with King 10. I agree. I agree. I'm not saying it's the end of the world. I'm just saying I would have been unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now I guess your question turns to on the flush completer. Um, should we target villains previous value range? Uh, to try to generate folds. Um, you know, their aces, their kings, their queens, their jacks, uh, even their like ace three type hands here on the river. Mm-hmm. I assume that would be your your naughty thoughts. Yep. Um it's reasonable. I think that I think that it's hard to find natural bluffs for you. I think the it's most really hard. Yeah, it's quite. It's hard to find like, <clears throat> not like for the for the villain in the small blind to find natural bluffs when you jam here. Right. Um. I think the most natural ones would probably. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. It's. I was gonna say like. Yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I mean, it's I, really I think hard. Your tens are are probably like your worst tens are are your most natural bluffs like, um, nine ten yeah. off or ten right. eight off those those yeah. type of hands. Yep. I don't know, John. I think that like pulling the trigger here would make a lot ah. of sense. Um, it's hard to like. It's a situation that's like quite easy to over bluff here. I know, I know. And like, look at my hand. I'm like, if I'm jamming this one, then like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like really easy to over bluff when you start turning a ten into a bluff. So I mean, you know, I can't fault you for checking i can't fault you for jamming i think both kind of make sense if i jam uh, this hand does that mean that i jam every single hand that i get to the river with when he checks no i think you check back a three five three suited yeah maybe jack three yeah jack three <laughs> three six suited or something like i think i think you can check back your trips see but when i have like jack three i'm like well he has a lot of other worse threes. Oh, man. <sighs> Anyways, uh, that's just. Yeah, I think uh, I do think you're, you're question like jamming, jamming like most of the time. Yeah, right. right. Check if you're, <laughs> it's like, okay, so am I over bluff? Is it easy to over bluff? Yeah, of course. Really it's really, easy to really, really easy <laughs> to over bluff. Um, so it really boils down to just what villains how villains thinking about the spot and and whether or not they're willing to make you know an exploitative fold uh when you, you want to over bluff the spots where it's really hard for villain to find your natural bluffs of course should those just go hand in hand and yeah, like i should just i should have just realized that look it's really hard to see my natural bluffs in this spot so like i should not feel any type of way about way over bluffing and jamming a hand like king 10 or ace 10 or yeah it's you know as as they say right the best lies have bits of truth have some in truth them. in them yeah. like that's the, the best lies that you tell have have a lot of truth like you you don't 
go super wacky with your lies because they're easy to sniff out. And I think this right. one, th this sort of this lie, this bluff on the river has a lot of truth to it, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. like, damn, like that yeah. that's a very compelling story that they're telling me. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe so they're over bluffing, but like you know, maybe John's over bluffing here, but then you call a hundred times against a hundred other people and you just get shown a flush in a boat like every single time. Yep. And you hate everything. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, yeah, again, I, I think bluffing here would make a lot of sense. Yeah. So the know. more truth there is to your lie, the more lie you can sneak into. This yeah. Point. Yeah. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, the, the, the more believable it is, right? right Until, right. like, you know, you start lying every hand, in which case, <laughs> then just innately, you, you lose all credibility, right? Um, oh, man, I did not pull the trigger here. I really wish I did. Like, goes check, check. I lose to some sort of three. Yeah. And you know, you know what I realized at the end of this hand? I think for me, just like my personal psyche, my personal happiness is like, I w it feels better for me to jam King Tenure and get snapped by a boat than it does to check back King Ten and lose the six through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, think about that concept. By the way, like I, I know, I know, like for for you, it boils down to like I trust, saw it trust, and I didn't even your, try. Yeah. yeah, you trust you, you saw it and you didn't trust yourself, and I think that can cause a lot of internal conflict and turmoil yeah. when you yeah. see it and you don't trust yourself. I, I'll say this too: like there are plenty of times where I've seen it, I've trusted myself, and I have let myself down quite heavily. So, <laughs> you know, like um, I've learned that there's two sides to that. You can see it. You can see everything, you can do it, and then you can yeah, still get spite called. Like, letting yourself down, like, that's what I mean, though. That letting yourself down, even though you trust yourself, hurts less, I think, than the, I didn't trust myself, and I'm not sure if it would have worked if I, if I did. They both hurt. <laughs> they both hurt, but I was going to say, thinking on the terms of, like, you know, the best lies have a lot of truth to them, yeah. I think from Villain's perspective here with, like, the 6-3, um, their check raise and their turn barrel is kind of the same, right? Like their their best truth has a lot of lies in it. Yeah. And so like, you know, they have a, a wide perceived bluffing range and they have a right. tray, which makes them like immediately super, yeah. super, super happy because they're like, like he probably saw me bet half pot on the flop and then like threw a small party in his yeah, he had a cel celebration. Yeah, and then when you called the check the raise and yeah. he sized up to set up SPR one on the river, he's yeah. like, boom, he's just like counting, counting the money. And then like yeah. seven of clubs kind of you ruins, know, everything. ruins yeah. the party. That's the police showing up, knocking down the, the doors. Um, Except the and, police are way too nice in this neighborhood. Yeah, the police were like, yeah, it's okay. You guys yeah. you, you have a party, you can, man. Yeah. yeah, Enjoy the party that you had. You can't keep it going. Shut it down, but I'm not going to arrest anybody. Right, 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 right. That's that's the you get to keep your money. Like, yeah, I think that's a perfect. <laughs> or you perfect, get to keep your booth. Yeah, why can't we just end Tactical Tuesday? We had like a whole story and conclusion with our metaphor here, with hand number one. It's going to be quite hard living up to this first hand in the back Should half. Should we make this the second hand? <laughs> <laughs> no second hand, everybody. Uh, this is just the first, the alpha, and what, what's the other one? The, that's the beginning, right? Is is Omega the end? That is the end. Oh, okay. So it's the Omega. No, we're actually going to have a different Omega. So stick around after the break. <laughs> this was just the Alpha. You survived Preflop Bootcamp. 
shot the fish in a barrel. Now, prepare yourself for the feeding frenzy. A comprehensive strategy for gutting every fish in your player pool. Data-driven hero bluffs, light call-downs, and perfect value bets that are maximally designed to hurt some feelings. Feeding Frenzy. Available now at ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash Feeding Frenzy. All right. Welcome back for the Omega. It's got a lot of hype behind it. I don't even know what happens in this hand. Um, full disclosure. So it could just be awful. We're really at the mercy of John's hand selection here. How do you feel, John, going into this this hand? Uh, I'm more confused about this hand than the last hand. And the last hand, on the river especially, I was like, ah, like this is too good to, you know, I was pretty confused. So that's mm -hmm. that's actually saying something. All right. So anyways, we're in the small blind. <laughs> so we're in the small blind. Eight, six thing. of spades. Make it $30, right in the big blind. Calls. Yeah, this is and a good hand. This is a good hand. The six, eight suited. It's a good hand. Is that sarcastic? No, no, no. That was uh, in the Cherokee episode with the physical tell when the guy opened. Oh. Said this is a good hand. Like this is a this is. A good oh, hand. oh, 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 I see, I see, I see, I see. Yeah. And you All right. Uh, ten seven four monotone. We do flop a double gutter. Um, gonna be doing the thing that I said. I expect a lot of ranks to be doing as a PFR and probably just checking range on on monotone boards. Fair enough. They bet small. Face a small stab. Um, I don't know if we want to do the, you want to do the same thing we did in the last hand and just talk about what we expect. Do we expect them to stab frequently when we check here? Kind of what um, sizes would we expect to see? I mean, I would expect to see small yep. on monotone. Yep. I probably expect them to bet quite often facing a yep. check here. Yep. I think that unlike the last hand, monotone boards are going to be check raised less often by the small blind. So I think like, yeah, I, I, I think that, I mean, maybe they could just bet like top pair, check back. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't expect them to bet like a ton. Like I would expect you to be checking very, very often. I wouldn't expect to face tons of check races after right. I bet. And so like, yeah, maybe that just means that the big blind is supposed to bet more often since they face less check raises here. Um, Not in this hand, though. No. Well, you have a good hand to check raise. The, the double true. gut shot with no diamond. So Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Like, we we can make a good argument for like any hand, you know, any <laughs> any eight nine, any jack nine, any yeah, like, yeah. six eight, any five six. I guess one thing we could do is compare it to the alternative option of check calling. I mean, we're never folding, so like check raising here versus check calling. Uh, does that help make the decision any easier? I would rather check raise. I, I think that like having a hand that has no diamond in it's quite good. Um, it gives us another natural uh, bluff on like a, a four, four, four diamond yeah. turn. And I think that like four diamond turn is make, makes things like quite tricky for villain um, mm -hmm. when you blast after check raising the flop. So I, I do like having some hands that aren't, you know, ace of diamonds X in your check raise range so that on, you know, four flushes, you just have more natural bluffs. I think that's probably a good thing. Um, so 
you go ahead and check raise to 89. So there were 60 in the pot, villain bet, $19. You check raise to, we'll call it 90. Let's just round them up. Yep. And villain is just going to check fold, right? No. They never check fold on tactical. I don't understand. They just always have something. Yeah. These tactical Tuesdays, they just always call these check raises. So we get an unexpected quote unquote surprise on the turn after villain calls there's 240 in the pot turn is the nine of hearts so you turn a straight congratulations how does it feel i don't know how it feels (laughs) (laughs) that's why that's why we're here (laughs) yeah no idea how it feels um well i think it's hilarious that a lot of my biggest confusion in poker comes from when i make a when I hit a gut shot or just like when I make a hand, I'm like, ah, I didn't have a plan for this. I, I, I just expected that 90% of the time I have to bluff the turn. Well, it's pretty natural, right? Because you don't hit gut shots often and yeah, you, I know. you're forced to bluff often. So it's, uh, it's like whenever I have a pocket pair pre-flop, like no matter what, like in live poker, whenever I like flop a set, I, I say the same thing in my head every time. Like, I can't believe it came. It yeah, came. I can't. I can't wow. believe it actually came. Wow. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, in this situation, though, you're more like I'm confused. Why did you come? <laughs> this is a a lot different because it's more of like a less pleasant surprise uh, that you turn and turn up straight. Like, what did I want? I wanted like the three of heart diamonds is that like what we're saying it's like mm-hmm. that's what i was rooting for yeah you just wanted nothing so that everything's much easier um yeah. however you don't always get what you want john so true. You sometimes straight. You, you're forced into a straight yep i think that this hand would be a natural check i can't imagine betting on the turn um i just think betting would just could be more catastrophic than checking i mean although you know maybe like bet jamming is could have could could be good here too with with your hand i I think like i would probably rather bet with a hand that has more equity like a set um Mm -hmm. i think even though a set is like less uh a lesser hand than a straight a set can make a boat um but i think like checking here with your your straight just makes a lot of sense and it's very natural so I assume you check. So what? So you're saying that if you check raise the flop with, let's say, flushes and sets, your turn bail range would probably be like, or your your turn, you know, continue to value bet range would be probably the the bigger flushes and and sets. I think so. Okay. Hands that can like the flush just has tons of equity, um, and then like your ace of diamonds, jack, something like that. I think is another hand that like makes sense. I'm actually, you know, I don't even know. Like, would I rather have the ace of diamonds? I think I would rather have the king of diamonds. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the nut flushes get three bet pre. So uh, I would imagine that most of the flushes villain has are like king X suited that are more natural calls because it's like ace king, ace queen, ace jack. Um even ace five, ace three, right. ace two. You saw every suited ace six three bet from the big blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like the prime, the better barrel hand would be the king of diamonds and not the ace. Um, however, yeah, like it, it would be like my 
King of Diamonds X, maybe some of my Ace of Diamonds X, and then flushes and like bottom set. Gotcha. What would you say to someone who might ask the question, like, why are you checking small flushes and straights on the turn? Don't you want to get value slash protection from the fourth diamond when they have the ace of diamonds? Like, shouldn't we shouldn't we kind of be putting money in before the board gets bad? Yeah, I mean, it's more holistic strategy construction of we need to have hands that we can check call down with after we check raise check. Um, mm. and, and like, you, you, we can't just bet all of our best hands on the turn because then when we check raise and check, like we just don't have a good hand and villains can just like easily exploit us through placing aggressive bets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I would add to that is that like those hands that we hope call us, like for example, naked ace of diamonds type hands could, you know, by checking here, we're giving them an opportunity to bluff and put money in themselves. Um, so there's, there's kind of that added benefit of, of checking some of your strong flop check raises like flushes and, and turn straights. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is that like no matter what line you take, no matter what you choose in poker, you've got to distribute good hands and bad hands to that line. And mm. the best players that you play against are always looking at your line, they're looking at your sizing choice, and they're trying to figure out where the vulnerability is so that they can take advantage of it. I mean, that's just like what yeah. every good poker player is going to do when yep. you're playing against them every single hand. And so like having lines where you just have minimal hands to defend with is like a really easy thing for good players to see an exploit. And I think yeah. like yeah. on a board like this, where you check, raise, check, it's, it's quite easy to be like, cool. I think that their check, raise, check range is two weeks. So I'm just going to blast and, and kind of make their life hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I check oh. the turn. Yep. <laughs> and they start. They bet half pot, um, which is actually an interesting size, I think. Um, looks like they're setting up like a river overbet, right? Yeah. Or like even the decision to bet at all, I think is pretty meaningful from, yeah. it's, from the big blind. Like we could start eliminating some hands right off the bat, I think. Like I don't think he ever bets a one pair hand, maybe not even two pair hand. Maybe mm-hmm. the worst hand he bets here is a is a set, which are kind of few and you know probably only has fours, maybe yeah. not even sevens in full. So the value, the value region of this betting range is small, pretty limited, right? Yeah. Um, which means that it would be pretty easy to overbluff. Like whenever you know the value region of your range is very small, that it would be easy to just have way too many bluffs and over bluff especially in like a blind versus blind situation where you just start with an insane number of combos um so yeah does this size feel feel lazy to you um it doesn't feel like it should be a thing but i'd have to think about it more in depth you know i think like the type of hands i i think that they should just go big. Yeah, I think exactly. I think this yeah. this size is yeah, it it doesn't feel like a great size because like you're essentially saying like you've got flushes and you've got not flushes or yeah. you've got sets and you've got not sets. Um so like a big size feels like it would be like way preferred here. Right, right. Which is again, which is why one of the first thoughts that I had when I saw the size was that oh, this just feels like not a lot of thought went into this. Seems feels kind of lazy and it's probably, what do you mean by lazy? 
you just didn't think about his range or the situation at all or what size like you know maybe he should be using or the fact that like that we we narrowed down like kind of what size we think he should use just by saying like his value range here is like flushes basically Mm -hmm. and maybe like a hand like jack eight i guess and you know if that those are the only hands you're betting and then you know your bluff range is like i'm sure extremely polar as well maybe like ace of diamonds x types hands or maybe a hand like five six um yeah like the bet size like should be big again like you mentioned right at the start of the turn the size doesn't really set up for like a reasonable river size again like i think that like shows some like lack of forethought mm-hmm. um and, so and yeah, it just, i just it just seems like for all those reasons it just seems like way too easy to overbluff here yeah right? which it's which just, feeds into what we were talking about before that like for every sizing choice for every line choice for every action that you take like it's got to be consistent right and like mm-hmm. now going back to hand number one um there's not much truth in there's this not line. much truth in this bet right this bet doesn't seem super honest because it right. doesn't make sense with what the honest portion of their range would want to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think too, like we, we talked about two pair. Um, and I think that like one of the biggest problems with like a hand, like two pair is that it, when it gets check raised, it's kind of death. Um, it rarely improves on the river. So like, I don't know, like villain may be check raising like nine ten, or they yeah. may be betting nine ten. Um, I don't think they're betting like Jack 10 probably ever, yeah. uh, just because it's so painful getting check raised with a hand like Jack 10. So I think like all those hands kind of go in like the natural checking behind range, which means like most of their hands go in their natural check behind range, which yep. again, opens the door for like a more polarized sizing here. Right. Um, so yeah, we, we did tie this back into hand number one. Congratulations. Go us. Uh, all so part of the plan. all part of the plan. Um, so here you you call and now after you know our analysis i I think it is probably a pretty slam dunk Uh, the rest of the hand is just kind of going to play itself i think um the river is a seven which pairs the board so the final board is ten seven four nine seven three diamonds um there's 475 in the pot and on the turn by the way villain bet half pot uh leaving an sbr of around 1.5 ish uh, unlike the last hand when villain, you know, had trips and they left an SPR for on one this time, they Ooh. left an SPR of like 1.5. That's um, good. That's good. Yeah. So you check villain goes ahead and jams, which, yeah. So now it's a matter of lining up the sizing scheme with all the actions taken and asking ourselves like what makes the most sense here. Um, okay, so I just want to start with the seven of spades hitting the river, board pairing river kind mm-hmm. of demotes the apps, you know, the value of our hand. There are now flushes and full houses available that beat eight six. But I think given the conversation that we had on the turn, the number of full houses that the blue blind actually have has is extremely limited. I'm we're probably only talking about pocket fours and you know, the one combo of sevens if he doesn't three bet sevens pre flop. Yeah, and I mean nine ten gets demoted too. So like sure, they don't sure. they're not definitely not going to value bet 910 on this run out. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's not like ideal but it's also not a total disaster either. Like I yeah. think uh you know, the 8 of diamonds would probably be a total disaster <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um so you check villain 1.5x rips and now since you know, we've eliminated a lot of their top end value on the turn, the river just becomes kind of trivial, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, they can't like, sorry, they can't retroactively go back and add a bunch of flushes to that turn size. It it is what it is at this point. And so now just check, they put the money in and it's a pretty easy check call. Yep. Uh, and they do have the five, six with the six of diamonds. So how's your clarity and confusion? Got it. Yeah, feel better, much better about the turn check now. That was that was going to be my main question, and then just how to think about structuring my range on the turn. Um, I think, I mean, just to recap what you said, I think I think your strat, your recommended strat, makes a lot of sense of um, having a bunch of check raises on the flop, and then having a really strong uh, turn, having a really strong and protected turn checking range that includes hands like this, turn straights, some of the smaller flushes, and then. Um, you know, maybe even like a smattering of like sets and stuff, depending on on how you want to play them. Yep, and villain's sizing choice just being a yeah being a not very truth filled lie. Um, so need to need to run into the villain that you know has the flush here and tells their truth in a very lie lie way. Is lie lie is that a word? Lie-y, I, yeah. I think lieish lieish lying heavy lies. Um, all right. Good show, John. This will be technically our Christmas one. And then uh, one more. Actually, there's no none before New Year's. This is technically the New Year's one. So I guess the holiday series. The holiday series. Um, That's all I got. See you next week. See you next year. Man, next year. Oh, Oh my God. Can't believe you missed that. I blew it. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.